Movie Date is supported by the Alliance Theater, opening its new season with an all-star Atlanta cast in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, September 2nd through the 20th. Tickets at alliancetheater.org slash cuckoo. For $10 off, enter code WNYC at checkout. Kristen, one of the first films we're talking about this week is Grandma with Lily Tomlin. It's about a young girl who decides she's going to have an abortion, and because she can't tell her mom, she goes to her grandma because she thinks her grandma is good at keeping secrets, will understand, and will help her. Um, this is not the kind of relationship I had with my grandparents, let me just tell you. Why that. is that? What do you mean? What kind of well, relationship? That's, that's just not that's, – that's the kind of thing I would just not go to my grandparents for, either, either set of my grandparents. Uh, how about you? Oh, I definitely would have. Your grandma would help you out uh, sort of surreptitiously? Uh, Nana was the bomb. I lived off and on with Nana. Nana was my mom's mom. Okay. And as anybody knows who grew up with me, anybody in my circle of friends, Nana was like my best friend. We did all sorts of fun stuff together. We got up to no good. Sometimes we, I remember like leaving prank phone calls for people. With, her. with your Nana? Wow. <laughs> she and I had so much fun together. She'd bring me on her dates. She always had really interesting boyfriends. Huh. Yeah. So uh, her boyfriends would be like, who's that tagging along with? Oh, Christy's coming again. Ah. Christy's coming on the stage. I, and I'd. I went to a lot of dates with them where I'd sit next to them or behind them on her dates. Oh, so you were tight. So you can oh, you can relate. Tight. You can relate to uh, you can relate to this movie, Grandma. Oh yeah, I asked Nana, and, and I, I must say, sometimes I was a little naughty, and I'd ask Nana to not tell my parents when I do stuff. I remember one time when I was fourteen, I came home from a New Year's Eve party. One of my friends' much older sisters was in grad school and mm-hmm. said, "You guys can come," and I came home just completely wasted. Wow totally drunk and i tried to hide it and nana's like <laughs> she shook her head like clearly you're wasted <laughs> a 14 year old's not gonna be able to hide it very well <laughs> that's just one of many secrets i asked nana to keep that particular one she didn't keep that secret <laughs> oh okay oh you got busted i got totally busted but you know if there were other things i needed if i needed an abortion i'm certain that nana would have kept that secret and even gotten money together for me to help me pay for it Interesting. Okay. Well, then we'll see uh, what you thought of Grandma coming up. We're also going to talk about 90 Minutes in Heaven, a new faith-based movie based on a true story. And The Visit, the return of M. Night Shyamalan, a new horror film, The Visit from Blumhouse Productions. Plus, uh, what's our sweatpants pick this week, Kristen? By popular demand from our listeners, we are going to be reviewing the TV Land series, Impastor. That's right. Not Imposter. And pastor. <laughs> <laughs> All that and more coming up. But first, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Rafer Guzman, movie critic for Newsday. And I'm Kristen Meinzer, culture producer for The Takeaway. And this is Movie Date. Okay, Kristen, tell us the story of Grandma, new film by Paul Weitz, maker of uh, About a Boy. Yes, Paul Weitz, About a Boy. Love that movie. So in Grandma, we have a teenager. She's accidentally gotten pregnant. She's got kind of a deadbeat guy who wouldn't, I wouldn't even call him a boyfriend. Not really. Yeah, and he doesn't want to help her out in this situation. She goes to her grandmother, who is a poet, a sometimes academic. She's kind of um, cantankerous. She's very opinionated. She lives in her own world. She also happens to be a lesbian who has just broken up with her latest girlfriend granddaughter knocks on grandma's door on this really bad breakup day of grandma and is like, hey, I really need help. I need an abortion. I don't have any money for it. Here's a clip. I didn't sleep with anyone else. So, Mike, 
Yeah, like a year ago, and we used a condom. Yeah, why didn't you use a condom? Or for humanity's sake, get a vasectomy. What? What did she just say? She didn't say anything, okay? Look, she said it wasn't her time. Oh, yeah. Her time? What are you, a moron? What are you, both morons? Don't they teach kids sex ed anymore? Well, that's Lily Tomlin pretty much perfectly cast in this role as this kind of uh, she's kind of a Patty Smith type. I, I, I kept mm. thinking when I was watching this film, you know, she's she's got the, the kind of long flyaway hair. She's of a certain age, probably, you know, roughly like Patty Smith. Uh, she, her, her face has got sort of lined with wisdom and experience and probably a few, uh, you know, somewhat disreputable experiences as well. <laughs> and uh, you know, she's just a little punk rock, foul mouthed, angry, uh, a little aggressive. Um, I, and she's really good in this role. I thought she was really a lot of fun. When this film works, I think it's really because of Lily Tomlin's performance. What did you think of her? Yeah, I think that she was perfectly cast in this. Going back to my own experience, the beginning of the movie, it was really hard for me not to cry at first because it made me feel so nostalgic for my own grandmother. Really? I just thought, I, I think anyone who really loved their grandma is going to love this movie. So Lily Tomlin's fantastic in it, yes, but I also think that some of the supporting people are really interesting. I love that Laverne Cox is in this movie. Yeah. We have Elizabeth Pena for, I think, the last time we're seeing her in this movie. Oh, um, is that right? Do you remember Elizabeth Pena? Yes, I do. She plays the cafe owner. Yeah, yeah. And, and she died. I did not know that. You didn't know she died? Nope. Oh, so if if I'm correct, this is the last Elizabeth Pena role, and I think it's a great note to go out on as, oh, a, wow. as the cafe owner. And we also have uh, Marsha Gay Harden as yes. the mother, not the grandmother, not the granddaughter, but the mother in between. So there are some really interesting supporting cast people in this movie also. And uh, let's not forget Sam Elliott, uh, oh. uh, who makes a, sort of a somewhat surprise uh, appearance, I would yes, say. Yes, his character is a real surprise. What yes. his character is like, and I have to say, he's as great as ever. Yes, he is. He is. Uh, and Julia Garner, who plays Sage, the young girl, I thought was, uh, it's it's kind of a small role, not not what I would call well-developed, but I thought she was good. Um, I thought she was fine. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Her character is just not going to be as strong as Grandma. Yeah, which is part of the point of the film, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that this film is kind of gets at is the... This kind of idea that maybe the new generation uh, of women has maybe a little bit lost track of the idea of feminism and has maybe uh, either just forgotten or or kind of dropped the ball in some way. Yeah, and Lily I mean, Tomlin is playing the woman who was kind of on the vanguard and is really mad about that. And oh, really yeah, mad she's about... always mentioning the feminine mystique. Yeah. And she's talking about <laughs> right. all the ways that women have to rise up. And yeah. I think that, I mean, in a way, her granddaughter isn't negligent with her privileges so much as she's living the privilege of having been a granddaughter of that movement. Sure, yeah, yeah sure. And she's become a bit of a pushover. Uh, Nat Wolf plays her uh, doltish boyfriend. Kind of nice to see Nat Wolf playing a, 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 a kind of a callous jerk as opposed to the sensitive guy that he was in Paper Towns and in you know, Fault in Our Stars and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I will say I thought this film got a little distracted in a way, from its main theme, which seemed to be tackling the issue of abortion in a way that most movies do not. You and I have talked about this Mm -hmm. a lot, um, how most movies, I don't want to give anything away here, but how most movies punt, I think, when it comes to abortion, and they invent ways for that abortion not to happen. Uh, They invent ways for the uh, the heroine to kind of uh, uh, have an escape hatch somehow. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think this film does not want to do that. But I also think it gets a little distracted by its own kind of um, 
modern liberal view of the world and sort of tackling these other topics that are kind of hot right now, uh, this idea of uh, fluid sexuality, this idea of non-traditional families. Like you were saying, Marsha Gay Harden plays the daughter of Lily Tomlin, who was raised by Lily Tomlin and another woman who we don't see. So she was the daughter of lesbian parents. Um, And I feel like it gets a little lost with some of that. And it takes away, I think, from the main topic at hand, which is abortion. Did you feel that or not? I, I can see what you mean, that some of those things on the side might be distracting. But I I think, though, to go back to is it handling the abortion well enough, I don't think the abortion needs to be in every conversation or every scene. I think hmm. that a lot of the point of this movie is really how did Lily Tomlin become the person that she is, hmm. who is cantankerous, who is brokenhearted, who is poetic, who is intelligent. How did she become this person who you would go to if you yourself need an abortion and you're a teenager. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. Um, well, I I thought the movie was uh, was a good date. It did not bowl me over uh, the way it has impressed a lot of critics. Um, the reviews for this have been like really stellar. Um, it's been out for a while. It's expanding now nationwide into into wider release, which is why we're reviewing it now. I thought it was a I thought it was a good date. It had some problems, but I liked Grandma. And would you say good, great, great date, great date? Yeah, and. As I said earlier, I love About a Boy, and I didn't think that Whites would ever make a movie as good as About a Boy, but I think this one definitely is. It's one of my best dates of the year. Okay, Kristen, next up, 90 Minutes in Heaven. This is the true story of Pastor Don Piper, played by Hayden Christensen, of all people. He was driving his car along a rainy, small road one night, uh, takes a header with a big rig, uh, and is uh, technically killed, pronounced dead on the scene by a paramedic. About 90 minutes later, another pastor uh, passes by and decides he wants to pray for Don Piper, sticks his hand into the wreckage, and uh, lo and behold, Don Piper comes back to life and uh, has realized that he has spent 90 minutes in heaven. Uh, His wife is played by Kate Bosworth in this uh, movie, and it is the adaptation of Don Piper's best-selling novel from 2004. Here's a clip. You're going to make it. You have to make it. You've made it this far. Uh, I don't know that I want to make it. You have to. Not for yourself. Then Hold on for us, Don. (laughs) Well, Kristen, um, this is the kind of movie where, you know, I don't really think we need to uh, argue about whether or not it is indeed true uh, or whether it's even trying to convince you that it's true. I think this is uh, what they call a faith-based film. It's by giving films uh, all profits go to charities. I do Um, like that about it. I do like that about it, too. Um, In that sense, I hope it makes some money. And uh, But I don't think this film is trying to necessarily uh, proselytize or convince you. I think this film is aimed uh, at, the, at the converted, I would say. Um, so I think what it's trying to do is basically bring this pastor's story to life and put it on the big screen and give you a big screen movie experience. Uh, what did you think about it? I agree with you. I don't think it's for us. True. I think it's for certain believers out there. But even those certain believers, I'm afraid might feel alienated by this film. I think they might feel um, bored silly <laughs> by this film. <laughs> I'm not sure I'd say alienated. It might all be very familiar to them. If our lead character is a pastor who's reprehensible, grouchy, mean to everybody who's praying for him, dishonest <laughs> to his wife, unkind to those in the hospital, 
I really don't know what they're going to think about this pastor. He doesn't have a single redeeming quality about him. Which is interesting. He's not even a good pastor. At the beginning when he's preaching, it's just like, <laughs> it's you're, true, not, he's not. you're not compelling at all. You kind of mumble everything and you say quietly <laughs> somber things about you're not going to go to heaven unless you do things, right? right? You know, he's not good at his job. Okay. He, he has no redeeming qualities about him whatsoever. He's That's got a state-of-the-art medical services and he's just like, I refuse to breathe. Yeah. You know, breathe. <laughs> That's the only job you have. Everybody else has you... <laughs> Like, under constant medical care, and you won't just breathe. Right. That's true. Uh, all right. Well, you, boy, you really did not like this character not, at all. Not only is he a jerk. Can I go back to him being bad at his job? Yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> the first 20 minutes of the movie, I just was so incensed by everyone being bad at their jobs. He's a bad preacher. The person who pronounces him dead is a bad paramedic. The people at the hospital who do surgery on him don't even alert his wife that he's out of surgery. She's been sitting for five hours in a waiting room. They're bad at their jobs. Everybody is bad at their jobs in the beginning of this movie. And then I thought, okay, maybe this is just a movie about people who are bad at their jobs. No. It's about a jerky pastor. Right. You're right. Everyone is bad at their jobs. I do remember thinking at one point when when he's being wheeled down the the, hallway, he's a complete mess, right? His leg has been shattered. He's covered in blood. He's just, you know, he's he's one giant open wound. And they're wheeling him down the hallway in a sterile environment. And they basically say to Kate Boswick, his wife, yeah, come on in. Yeah. (laughs) You want to see him? Yeah, so yeah here you go. Here you go. Uh, I did think that was a little strange. This took place in the '80s, so I did. It did occur to me that maybe things were different back then, but I don't really think they were that different. Um, it's not like the Civil War where they were scraping the, you know, their their scalpels off on their boots. Uh, but yeah, okay. So you're right. Everybody was pretty bad at their jobs in this film. Um, I think what this film wanted to do was present you with some kind of dilemma. Here is a pastor, a religious, a religious man, a man of the cloth, so to speak, who visits heaven and loves it so much, is so uh, in awe of this vision that he resents being brought back to earth to suffer through all this great pain, 34 surgeries, months and months and months of recovery, uh, you know, loses the use of his leg for much of his life, um, or at least for a long time. And... Um, And he resents God showing him this vision only to have it snatched away. I feel like that's kind of a common thing you'll hear in in the Bible, in biblical stories, in faith-based films, this idea that, uh, you know, God gave you something and then took it away, and you're asking yourself, why God? Why would you do that to me? But the film just doesn't manage to bring that dilemma to life at all. It just winds up being far more than 90 minutes of Don Piper in a hospital bed complaining. And I just felt like this is like going this is like the kind of long conversation you'd hear if you went to a nursing home. And you and you like wound up getting stuck next to someone who said, well, and then my back gave out and then I had to get oh, come this on, surgery. That would be more fun because he's giving the silent treatment for half this movie. Well, that's true too. Half the time he's not, like, I would have, I, I would have preferred complaining because at least with complaining, he's saying something and not just groaning <laughs> and giving people the silent treatment. You're right. Uh, okay, so the characters are bad at their jobs. The actors are generally abysmal, I have to say. You're, everyone from the doctor to the unnamed paramedic to just anyone who happens to walk on the screen, they're terrible. I think... This is just a horrible, horrible date. And I'm going to say, I think even the faith-based crowd that is pretty much, uh, I think, you know, has a a, a high tolerance for this kind of movie, I think even they are not going to be that impressed by this film. What do you think? I agree. Go see It's a Wonderful Life if you want to see a better version of Angels in Heaven and so on. (laughs) It's a Wonderful Life. Do that. This was a bad date.
All right, last on our list, the big movie. The movie that I think probably everyone is wondering about. It's the latest film from M. Night Shyamalan, who hasn't given us a good film in a very, very long time. (laughs) And here he's got a movie called The Visit. Tell us about it. So in this movie, we have a single mother played by Katherine Hahn. She has been estranged from her parents for, wow, almost 20 years, I think it is. And she has two kids, uh, one a preteen, one a teenager. She's going to let them meet her parents for the first time while she goes with her boyfriend on a cruise. And her kids are very excited to meet their new grandparents. They're going to document the whole thing on film. They want to film a forgiveness video from the grandparents because they really want the grandparents to say, we forgive you for alienating us for so long. And bring to reconcile this, with the mom. Yeah. yeah, to bring this back to the mom as a present. And so everything seems like it's sweet. Look, a great reunion. We're going off to the country. We're going to try our best to enjoy being in the middle of nowhere with no internet access. Bye, Mom. Have fun on your cruise. And you know what? It seems at first like it could be sweet. Grandma's got a very sweet face and a gentle demeanor. Grandpa seems like good old country scruff man. And and, and maybe it's going to be okay, but maybe it's not. Here's a clip. Ned and Papa are acting strange. Oh. Kind of strange. Becca, did you hit Tyler? No. Kids? Papa wears diapers and he keeps them in an outhouse, and Nana walks around at night without her clothes, and Papa thinks strangers are following him. I knew we were going to have this call. You're old, Tyler. Yeah, things are going pretty much south. Yeah, and it's not just the adult diapers. No, there's a lot of people (laughs) need adult diapers. We don't want to put that down. We all have our health issues and so on. But, you know, in this movie, it starts off with things that might seem kind of peculiar, but maybe just what older people do. And then gradually it's like, this isn't something older people do. Yep, this that's true. This can't just be attributed to older people problems. <laughs> this <laughs> whole thing where you're pushing me in the oven or you're running around with a knife. <laughs> that's one of my favorite scenes in the film. That's a that's a classic M. Night Shyamalan scene, too. It's sort of a, a nod to the old creepy fairy tale, right? Get, would you get in there and clean the oven a, a, a little farther? <laughs> All the way in. Uh, that's a good scene. Um, I have to say, uh, you know, we were just talking about this on the on the takeaway. You know, M. Night Shyamalan has done these uh, a whole series of these kind of um, ambitious and and I think a little bit overblown and overreaching uh, films that just have not worked. Um, you know, I don't know if anyone out there saw The Last Airbender, but that's one of the worst films I've ever ever seen. And that film was a disaster from start to finish. You could not kind of not believe that a professional filmmaker even made that thing. Um, so I, I, his name has really, I think, been kind of dragged through the mud for several years. And I think it's interesting that he's teamed up with the Bloomhouse Productions guys, because these are the guys that make all those low-budget, uh, first-person uh, documentary-style horror films, Paranormal Activity, things like Insidious, all these kind of movies that use a lot of the found footage, quote-unquote, um, effect. And they do it on the cheap, very low cost, not a lot of special effects, mostly just camera work. And I think The Visit actually works pretty well. It does have a lot of the shtick that those Paranormal Activity movies have and movies like that. Some of the bumps and the thumps and the surprises are things you've seen many, many times in horror films. But I actually really thought this film was a lot of fun, and I really enjoyed it and got a big kick out of it as it was happening. What about you? Now, I just have to say you're lucky that you were sitting down in the front row section that I hate sitting. You're always so close to the screenery. Yeah. Doesn't your neck hurt? I'm blind and deaf. (laughs) 
What can I say in my old age? But you should count yourself lucky this moment because if you were sitting next to me in the back row. You, were you one of the screamers? I was the screamer. There were a lot of screamers in this I, movie. I was screaming the loudest and I was yelling expletives left and right. <laughs> and the poor critic sitting next to me on my right hand side at one point as I was screaming bad word, bad word, bad word. I accidentally grabbed his arm and clenched it. <laughs> and then I looked over and he's just trying to take notes. <laughs> I don't know who that was, but I hope it was Rex Reed. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. I was terrified. I was screaming. And part of the thing that makes this movie so scary is how it sneaks up on you. It yeah. sneaks up on you. And it's also completely plausible, too. It's not like some demons coming up from the dead and breaking into your house. Oh, and, well, that's true. There's no, there's no supernatural element There's no to supernatural. It. Right. It's not any it's special world. effects sort yeah. of thing. It's like, oh, you really could be in a house in the country with these particular grandparents. Right. You really could have, like, intermittent internet access. It conveniently works when they want to Skype with their mom, but then... Yeah, oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. And of course, somehow a little bit of cake batter gets onto the webcam, and so that Catherine Hahn, the mom, can't see the grandparents, and mm-hmm. she doesn't actually know what's going on. Very convenient how yes, that happened. Very convenient. Yeah, very a lot convenient. of little nice details in there. Um, I thought the cast was really good. Uh, Deanna Dunnigan, who plays the grandma, and oh, Peter, Nana's great. She's great. Uh, Peter, pop Pop is good. Pop Pop. Peter McRobbie, a uh, character actor you've seen him in a million different things. Um, Olivia de Jong, who plays the older of the two siblings, she plays the kind of uh, the teen girl is good. And the kid who steals the show is Ed Oxenbold. Oh, he's he's so charming. He's amazing. And he's so relatable. You're like, yes, you are seeing everything and nobody believes you. Right, right. (laughs) He's just, he's got this great energy. He's fun. He's funny. He, uh, his, his shtick is that he likes to rap. So he'll, he'll do these off the cuff raps. Um, and, uh, he just, he steals the show. He's the kid from the, uh, Disney version of Alexander and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. I hope I have that title right. Um, and I thought he was, you know, uh, good, but he was just playing kind of like a friendly moppet in that movie. But here, I just thought he was like a little miniature tour de force. And I feel like that kid might really go places. He's he's great in it. So for me, overall, I thought it was really nice to see M. Night Shyamalan deliver like a pretty solid horror film. And I thought it was a pretty good date. Oh, I thought it was a very good date. Screaming, screaming, screaming good date. If you like a date where you scream a lot, yeah, don't sit next to me. But yeah, yeah. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, great date. All right, well, stay with us, because when we come back, it's time for some stretchy pants. I'm Rafer Guzman. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. And this is Movie Date. And we want to remind you about all the cute things on our Facebook page. What do you got up there now? Well, on Facebook.com slash Movie Date Podcast, we have a picture of me with my grandmother, my Aww. nana, back when I was a little kid. And it, it's a photo from just a few weeks after I was adopted. Oh, wow. And, and my nana's leaning over to kiss me with her giant blonde bouffant because she was just fabulous and always had just great hair. Never left the house without makeup and always did her hair. Nice. Yeah. Those so, are the days. Yeah. I love that look. Why don't we all have big hair and wear makeup like that anymore? You know, I don't know. Well, I know <laughs> why I don't wear makeup anymore, but okay. Um, all right. So, Kristen, it's time for a little, uh, a little something something we like to call sweatpants. You're wearing sweatpants. It's Monday. Am I the Queen of England? I don't know. Does the Queen of England only wear sweatpants? When you are a man, sometimes you wear stretchy pants in your room. Kristen, what's this week's sweatpants pick? Wow, by popular demand, 
not just one, but several of our listeners have asked us to review TV Land's Impastor. Not imposter. No. But maybe it is because it's a play on words. Ha. <laughs> so Impastor is a TV series which centers on a man who maybe is doing some dealings with the wrong kinds of people, owes money to all the wrong kinds of people, has an issue with his girlfriend, has all sorts of issues in life. He's trouble. He's, he's yeah. no good. And then early on in the series, the very first episode, the very first five minutes, we see that he accidentally ends up in a situation with a man of the cloth where the pastor dies. And what does he do? He decides to get away from those other folks on his tail by stealing his identity and becoming an impastor. Yes. <laughs> Here's a clip. Reverend, it's my son Jasper. I think he's headed on a path to Satan. I came home and found him having relations with cantaloupe. How does one... Is that if you bore a hole in the fruit and put it in the microwave, it provides a sensation of being with a woman. That works. So our impastor somehow ends up with the flock that he's supposed to be leading. He's the new pastor in a church in a small community. And his main right-hand gal is Sarah Rue, who some of us might remember from her different TV series over the years. And he also has some other folks in this new community who are suspicious of him or who like him. And he finds out quickly that he's supposed to be gay and that that's why he had to leave his last flock. Yep. And one of the members of the committee at the new church is also gay and maybe has a crush on him. One of the members of the committee is a single woman who hopes that maybe he can not be gay for a while and be with her. Yes. Uh, we have some other folks in the community who have, have their eye on him for different reasons. So, Rafer, what did you think about this? Well, I, um, I have to say I'm kind of a fan of the, uh, the mid-level sitcom, you know? And I, <laughs> I kind of miss that in a way, as opposed to, let's say, the crap sitcom, like – you know, two and a half men or so full horrible. house. Do you know what I mean? Um, although even those, you know, there's a reason those movies, the, excuse me, those sitcoms are still on. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of miss the old, uh, the old goofy, implausible sitcom days of Three's Company, which this, this series actually <laughs> reminded me of because one of the guys in the uh, uh, congregation, uh, so to speak, played by David Rash. He plays a guy named Alden Schmidt, who is a little suspicious of uh, of this new pastor. Uh, doesn't quite seem to doesn't think that this guy quite jibes with what a pastor is supposed to be. And you know, things odd things keep happening. Uh, but one of the one of the reasons that this whole situation is is a, is a sitcom is because the pastor is supposed to be gay, but he's not allowed to have gay sex. And I kind of thought, this is just like Three's Company. It's okay if you're living with these two girls as long as you're not having sex with them. Oh, but you're gay? Okay. Then I guess I'll let you live with the, with the two girls. So it just seemed like the, like exactly the kind of goofball situation that television used to be built on. Um, I liked the idea of this series. I, um, I think it's funny, the idea that this kind of low-life, selfish low-life guy would come to this little quaint, cute, adorable, small town and start to suddenly realize, oh, maybe I can actually do some good things and fit in with people, and these people actually seem to like me, and I'm, I'm part of a community. I like that. Um, uh, Michael Rosenbaum, the actor who plays Buddy Dobbs, um, uh, the main character, is also the, a writer and creator of this show, I don't feel like he quite fits. I don't feel he doesn't quite convince me as a lifelong sleazeball. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't quite get the feeling he's that guy. And I wish he were a little more convincing in that role. 
But overall, I thought it had kind of a light tone and very funny and uh, some funny lines and some and some other some of the like like you were saying, Sarah Rue and some of the other supporting actors, I think, are, are actually quite good. What did you think of it? Oh, yeah. I thought it was delightful. It, you did? And it also gave me that classic sitcom feeling. Yeah. I'm like, of course, this is on TV land. This seems right. like it should be on TV land. TV land is all about the classic sitcom. Exactly. And, That's a good point. And, and, I'd, I'd forgotten and that. And it's perfect branding right here. This is what, if you're going to have an original series on TV land, this is perfect. That's it's, right. And it's still modern. TV land frequently has the classics on, but this is a very modern of the moment show while still being a very classic show. Very strong uh, language, by the way, we should point out to oh, some listeners. Oh, well, they bleep out a lot of it. Uh, oh, mine was not bleeped. Oh, yours wasn't bleeped? No. Mine was bleeped. <laughs> I will say, I, now I, 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 you can... Uh, Maybe you have a grown-up subscription. <laughs> well, I got mine through iTunes, which you can also... do. There's, there's, ver- there's various ways you can get this. I think uh, Hulu has mm-hmm. it, Vudu has it, uh, iTunes has it, Google Play maybe as well. But uh, And I will say that... Paying two ninety nine for a like a twenty minute episode, I felt a little ripped off there. But um, you know, if you've got you TV got Hulu Land Plus, though, yeah, if you've got if you've got a subscription, then you're not going to feel that. Um, but yeah, I thought Ambassador was just you know fizzy, disposable, enjoyable, oh, yeah. lighthearted fun. Yes, I totally agree with you. And one last thing, he says stuff that you kind of want a pastor to say. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Get your act together, you loser. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I would say it was a pretty good sweatpants date. Yes, I agree. Now, Rafer, before we get to trivia, I just, I wanted to read out loud one of our many letters that we've received recently. We receive a lot of listener mail at facebook.com slash movie date podcast. And here's a letter from Carol Cox. She writes, your September 4th podcast mentioned a mom looking for movies slash TV for her young African-American son. There was one series that was on ABC Saturday mornings from 2001 to 2005 about an urban African-American family that our daughter particularly enjoyed when she was a young child in elementary school. We are an African-American family ourselves. It's called The Proud Family. I watched many episodes with her, and I'd highly recommend the show. Carol, thank you so much for that recommendation. And it's also great because it has an African-American female, and we don't see a lot of those out there. So True. So thank you so much, Carol, for writing in with that. And listeners, always feel free to weigh in on things. If you think Rafer and I are not making the best suggestions for movie therapy, if you have other things to add, definitely let us know what you would add to the list. So, Rafer, let's uh, wrap things up now with some trivia. So last week we'd been reviewing the uh, abysmal Walk in the Woods <laughs> film with Robert Redford and Nick Nolte. Uh, Robert Redford played Bill Bryson, uh, who was going on a, uh, a hike along the Appalachian Trail. So that made us think of other movies that involved elderly people going on an adventure, uh, getting out of their comfort zone a little bit. We played this clip. Help a complete stranger for the good. Laugh until I cry. Not to be judgmental, but this is extremely weak. Pointless now. I would argue the exact opposite. All right, that's it. What are you doing? We'll rewrite that song. I mean, don't you want to go out with guns blazing? Now we're on to something. We asked you to name that movie. And we got this answer. Hi, this is Coral Castillo from Denton, Texas. I'm just calling to answer the trivia question. I believe it is The Bucket List starring Morgan Freeman. Um, I remember watching this movie. I was not a fan of it, but it is definitely a good movie to watch with your parents. 
I started listening to Movie Date when um, I was driving. I have an hour commute. And at my job, we listen to music all the time, so I wanted to find a different way to kind of pass the time, so I started listening to you guys, and um, I'm really glad I kept listening. Thank you. Coral, great job. Thank you so much for calling, and we really appreciate you taking us along on your rides to and from work. Yes, thank you. We'll try to keep it up. (laughs) So, So, Kristen, what's this week's trivia question? So this week, in honor of Grandma, starring the great Lily Tomlin... We're going to play a clip of a movie that Lily Tomlin appeared in that not very many people necessarily know about. Slightly different role for her, I'd oh, say. A little bit different. Here's a clip. I have something I want to tell you. It's Trish. Trish, I want to tell you something. Let's smoke some pot. No. I don't want you doing drugs. You hear? Why not? This scene is nowhere. I don't want you doing that. Not even sound mixed. Okay. All right. I won't. Boom, chicka, bow, wow, wow. What's going on there, Rafer? Wow. Hey, if you know the name of that movie, God bless you if you know the name of that movie. And give us a call, 5717movies. Or you can always visit us and message us at facebook.com slash podcast.